Welcome to Season 4, Episode 3 of the Record Shop Podcast. I'm your host and editor, Sebastian Lozano. This week, our hosts spin and tackle the 2018 hit album, Astroworld. Things get pretty heated in the studio as a result. Yeah, so no. on your stairway to heaven, you can't. You got shit. shut down because you, no you can't be God. You have zero take. <laughs> and admit you're wrong, you know? And admit you you have the worst I know, we're taste. still waiting for your apology, Salas. Mm. <laughs> this is some cap right That's here. That's not cap, I'm just saying. Nah, it's not even, bro. No, bro. I'm just saying. I really hope you're zipping up his pants when you're done glazing Drake right now, bro. No. Oh, he's, he's bro. But as always, your hosts have a variety of hot takes and interesting opinions. Arguably one of those iconic tracks of... 2000, the 2010s and even the 2000s, you know, <laughs> the late 2010s, late 2010s, early 20s, clown, three <laughs> dog. Where it's like you know, peaky blinders, people putting on suits. You're like, we are not the same. <laughs> in post production, they're just like, okay, we need something to fill in the space, and they got like 21. J- just record something. Record you saying 21, 21. <laughs> Join us on part one of the two-episode special on Astroworld, here on the Record Shop Podcast. Okay, so oh, the other side story. I was looking for the red shoes that I bought, like the red shoes that I have. Uh-huh. I went to the stand that was buying it, that was selling it. And I think they were like an original version, like the OG version. Right. And they were selling it. And then I asked, yo, how much for these? And he's like, oh, those are 1100 And I'm just like, hmm. For what again? Hmm. Okay. Uh, market value on these, 800 So best I can do is 950 And then the, like, the entire council of the fucking shop got together. No. <laughs> They're like, fuck they, <laughs> No, because no, they were all mad. just like... <laughs> It's like those, it's like those, uh, those like jewelers that you see that like do some haggling with them and have like a calculator no, for no reason. Literally, and I'm like, I'm not gonna fucking buy this shit. <laughs> so you know what I said? I just felt like, time. I'll let you guys talk it through. I'll be right back, and, and then I never, never came, came back. back. <laughs> Absolutely, I love landish behavior. I love, I love the, I love sneaker conventions, but um. I have never been to one. I don't know if I there's ever one happening. I there's one enough. happening soon. Um, that that's like thirty dollar entry. I'm not paying that's thirty dollars so to not cool. buy a single that's boot. So cool. Hell no. Welcome to the Record Shop Podcast. Yay! <laughs> that's right. Welcome, welcome everyone. Season four. Uh, I'm your lovely host, Sebastian, host and editor. With me, I have the illustrious, the. Uh, let me run that back. Just say it. Weichel. Weichel. Damn. What? You what? wanted me to Damn. give you this big entry? He, he dead ass wiped out illustrious. He's like, nah, nah, nah. He bummed me though. He bummed me though. Nah, nah. Ain't him. What's good, people? I'm also it's joined by the menace himself, Mr. Andres Parra. Oh, shit. J. Cole made his pro basketball debut two years ago today. That's crazy. Excellent news. Wrong artist. Wrong artist. I know, but just I happened to see it. Someone sent me though. Someone sent me a post about it. I thought it was funny. So this episode, we're talking about the basketball, critically. Basketball. Yeah, yeah. Basketball. Um, we're talking about the critically acclaimed, the 2018. So about Astroworld. So being the third album that uh, Mr. Travis Cactus Jack Scott has released, third Mr. studio Travis album, Mr. Travis Patty himself, after Birds in the Trap, say i forgot the latter half but birds in the trap and the collab album he did with quavo uh honcho jack and jack honcho uh was critically acclaimed that i know it's called that <laughs> it's really stupid but but he has a it's a theme it's a theme and 
it came out with a lot of really positive for the time acclaim you know a lot of people do hold uh road us is you know his best project to date i agree but i think this is a in contention for his best project among you know the more hardcore fans and all of this is to say that you know when this dropped this was really you know it was a big drop uh Absolutely. travis scott at the time was a big up-and-coming artist that really you know got into his sound by his second studio album and arguably a lot of people say his first studio album you know you had um a lot of good releases on on uh, on Burst of the Trap or like through the late night uh, STP interlude that's banging through Instagram a lot right now. The tastes good like soul food like that that one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that, that's, yeah, smoke, that's off yeah. of Burst of the Trap. But no, yeah, Astroworld came as a sort of like you know big project at the time that that took the world by storm and and yeah, let, let's let's talk about this. But obviously, this is nothing to say about the the events that happened during the the 2021 festival. Of which we obviously, you know, we don't agree or condone with anything that, that Travis did. And I, I pers- we don't support how he handled it. We don't support at all the security system that he hired and, and everything involved. But we're here to talk about his album. And although it's his name, nothing about him uh, and his actions are going to impact the rating of our album. And this is in no way supportive of his actions, but just enjoying his music like millions of other fans. Yeah. Yeah, with that being said, let's get into general thoughts about the album. What did we first think about uh, listening to it, Andre? What do you think about the album? All right, so I'm going to keep it 100. Uh, so originally we were going to do Rodeo, but we wanted to change it for Sarah's enjoyment. Not even Nick, he just wanted to change it. I was disappointed because I wanted to talk about Rodeo because I really, really like Rodeo. But that's not the point. I like Astro World a lot. I think it's definitely one of it. It's definitely his most popular album. I think, I, I think that's for damn sure. Rodeo might be his better album to some people, but... I think Ashford is definitely most popular because it has one of his one of, if not straight up, his biggest track of all time, which it, I don't even have to say. Which we'll get into. Which we'll get into, indeed. But regardless, this is where this is where I really think that he absolutely skyrocketed into the mainstream. You know what I mean? A lot of these songs are still being talked about and played today. Like I swear to God, bad like weird example. If you go to like a middle school prom today, I guarantee you one song off his album is going to be played at that party with a DJ. I yeah. promise you that. No, it's such a good album for for to come to go back to. It's a very very good album to go back to. It that that is really true. Uh, I think we'll get into the importance of that song later. In I'll save the anecdote for later. Michael, what did you think about Astro on uh, on first listen? This track maintains a lot of longevity. Um, track album. There you go. There you go. <laughs> My fault. <laughs> this album uh, maintains a lot of longevity. Like. First of all, starting off with four of his singles and one of them hit Diamond. Mm. Like, just to say that the accomplishments of this album is insane. Right. And a lot of these uh, these tracks, you could just throw in on any pl- on most playlists you can come up with and it'll fit in perfectly. Right. And for a good amount of these tracks, there's tracks like you can hear them individually. You could probably also hear them at parties, at anything. The prom experience you're talking about. He probably still plays this on on any festivals that he goes to, any concert that he goes to. He has songs out with other artists. Yeah. Like the half. It was probably me playing at our prom. Probably. Probably. It probably was. When was our prom? This is, this is math. 2021. 2021. Okay, never mind. But the sound came out 2018, but regardless. Anyways, with that, we will be starting with. You know what time it is? Stargazing time. What do we got to say? What, what? Why are you two looking at me like that? Come on. What, what do we have to say? I mean, go go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Okay, it's okay. my album, but I don't want to start on all these. You know? No, you're absolutely right. No, you're absolutely right. All right. 
absolutely incredible intro. This is one of the one of the it's just one of the the coolest intros I've heard for an album, especially in this era, 20, 20 like sixteen to eighteen. For most people, that was like peak music, right? Like peak hip hop at the very least. For a lot of people, this is one of their childhood. It's nostalgia based, but regardless. And this uh, this album, I feel honestly, like I, I have to see what else came out this year, but I'm pretty confident I can say this is probably the best album that came out this year. At the very least, like the most fun album that came out this year, and. This intro encapsulates that perfectly. It's just such a cool intro, and the beat which is chef's kiss. Excellent. So that's what it is. So to say that, um, this is just to bring up very early on that Astro World lost to the Cardi Cardi B album. That is correct. Invasion of Privacy. Which I will admit, there was not the good album. Good album. Not better than Astro World. Yeah. Not better than Astro World, and it was up against Swimming by Mac Miller, a Pusha T project, and a Nipsey Hussle project. So those are those are pretty contentious for a rap album, but Astro World just just slightly better as a project and more comprehensive in my opinion. But uh, let me just get into my thoughts real quick. Uh, start to what is essentially you know entering a festival. You're entering this amusement park, and what is essentially Travis taking you through this roller coaster of an album. You start off with this really upbeat and energizing trap bop, which just divulges into this dreary and dizzying sort of section of synths and trap drums on the second uh, beat switch. I will admit the first half of the track does have those stronger vocals and a, a really strong Travis verse to sort of kick it all off, where you get that more of an extension of that uh, Huncho Jack and Birds in the Trap Travis with that sort of unhinged and, uh, and druggy energy. Uh, on the second half, it's it's good, but the beat takes more of the focal point, and Travis just sort of you know goes back on the back seat with a with a kind of a like slowed and and not all there of a of a verse. But Michael, what do you what do you got to say? I actually prefer the second verse. Um, um, I think just the beat itself, like you what you were saying was right that like it feels like like instead of the beat. Uh, comp- complimenting Travis is more so Travis complimenting the beat, but I just think the union between those two end up stronger than the first half. Uh, do you know why Travis just honestly, do you know why he chose the name Astro World? Because it's a discontinued uh, part of the Six Flags Winter Parks. What? Are you serious? Yeah. This is gonna be a real park? What the fuck? Shut down like in 2006. Yeah. And about Travis Scott? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> of this album uh-huh. is that he tries to pay a lot of homage to his hometown, Houston, Houston, Texas. And there's a, uh, a line in like the first verse, um, or I think it's a chorus where he says uh, something along the lines of Bar Baby. Mm-hmm. That's actually a reference to a Houston, uh, a legend in the hip hop game uh, stemming from Houston, Big Mo. That's right, Big Mo. Yeah. And that's just one of the first uh, references to his hometown and like artists and places in his in his hometown. But yeah, I love I love the lyrics. I love the beat. I, and I much prefer the second half. All right. All right. All right. Uh, fun little fact, by the way, this is the track that plays uh, as the teaser for the Astro World, like the trailer. Highly recommend. Give it a view. It's like up there in the millions, like the millions, hundreds of. from Butterfly Effect that we heard from Astroworld. Uh, we got confirmation during 2017 that he was recording 
Astroworld. And this came out as one of the leading singles. So what were those leading singles, Michael? Well, twenty seventeen, right. and then every other single dropped um, after Astroworld dropped, but they involved Sickle Mode. Um, I believe it was also Wake Up and Yosemite, if I'm correct. Yeah, and Yosemite. Yeah, interesting. interesting. We'll, we'll, get yeah. Tracks, we'll get into those tracks. We'll get into those tracks. But yeah, let's move on. Carousel. Okay, so Andres has some pending thoughts. <laughs> do you, you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to start? Sure. Okay, so I'm I'm, I'm gonna rip this bandaid off right off the rip. I could have done it last song, but I think this song is a bit more. It really it really hits me like a truck. Uh, right off the rip, I am not a huge fan of Travis Scott's uh, old auto tune, almost at all. I'm not a fan of auto tune in general, but it's like when I when auto tune can be really good when it's used kind of like not as a crutch, but as like an aid when it comes to like very very different vocals. But for Travis, he he is pretty much known for his auto tune. Like without like there are some songs like Coffee Bean where he doesn't use auto tune and that sounds great, but at that point just don't use auto tune. It just feels like he's using it for no reason at this point, and especially when you hear Frank Ocean's part, I just don't I don't like it. Frank Frank Ocean to me in this song I know this sounds like glazing, but like I swear I, I'm I'm tr- I'm just trying to my point is that I just don't think that he needs the auto tune. It just feels unnecessary. Mm-hmm. It just feels like I, I added on filter for no reason because his voice isn't bad normally so there's really no reason to have the auto tune and we know it's not bad because it's not the coffee bean yeah so i i just think it's unnecessary so i feel like the vocals on this album for with the suit few sections like again coffee bean yeah i just think they're a bit oversaturated with the auto tune I, I i agree that there are certain points in the album where there is a significantly better uh singer and vocalist right after travis and you really get that effect that you <laughs> Not a good singer, <laughs> right? But, um, but no, there, there's certain tracks that that kind of lend to the auto tune, and that's been his trademark, you know, since Birds in the Trap, uh, since Rodeo, you know, that's really been his signature, and and kind of a signature of his uh, of his label, uh, Cactus Jack, with artists like Don Tolliver, that that sort of take that trademark and embrace it and make something, you know, like like really good. But on this track, for example, I'm gonna just say that on Travis's half of the vocals, it's all flash and no substance. <laughs> like I agree. in general, it's kind of a you know a detriment when Frank Ocean is the most memorable part of the track, and he has like what like thirty seconds, thirty seconds on the whole track, with a sort of lackluster set of chords and hi hats and this kind of half baked vocal loop in the background. I'd say my disappointment comes from how uninteresting the instrumental sounds and frank just kind of gives his fucking heart out on the latter half of the of the track it, it feels like an afterthought it feels like something that was sort of you know produced at, at last minute and kind of just thrown in for length and i it, it, it's a bit disappointing coming as a track right off the heels of stargazing and how strong it was but like what do you think i actually like the beat um, I don't know if you guys have delved much into the lyrics, but from what I was reading and from what just like looking at other reviews and lyric interpretations from Genius and other places, this track actually covers um, like if you look at the lyrics, a lot of this is about drug usage. And once it starts to, to Frank's chorus, because he's on the chorus, by the way, he's just it kind of sounds like um, a trend, like a transition where it's like he was 
drugged up in the past and then he's starting on a brand new page indicated by like the new growth new growth yeah around that bit and actually once there's a there's a segment in particular where travis starts getting uh well actually mainly travis when he's talking about about the the drugage and shit and shit like that like that comes off as this intense beat right because like a key side effect from intense drug use would be paranoia, but then when right. it starts to Frank, when it gets to Frank's part about how he's just like um, starting, a brand, starting a brand new page, it starts calming down. I think that works. Yeah. I think I think like as a transitionary element, that beat was great. No, it, it cuts out the vocal loop. That gives this sort of a bit of a, a break in between. That sounded fucking weird. That's not like an a door oh, opening. Yeah. Wait, wait. Opening a water bottle is like opening a crypt of lost <laughs> souls. <laughs> Like a Skyrim chest. Jesus, man. But no. Um, have it open like mine. Yeah. Hmm? Have it open like I do. No, literally. You don't have to keep opening and closing. Just have an open yes. canister. All right, continue. But no, overall, I think it's a pretty, like, there's a lot more that could have been done, I think, in post-production because it comes off a bit lackluster. But nothing more to say about Carousel. Let's move up to arguably one of the most influential songs. This track that we're about to cover is actually the track cut me off yeah yeah, this is this is your album but i'm taking over the diamond record sicko mode arguably one of those iconic tracks of 2000 the 2010s and even the 2000s you know the late 2010s late 2010s early 20s 2020s even though we are early 2020s you clown (laughs) 2023 dog on the youtube video and yeah. 1.8 listens on spotify 1.8 listens 1.2 people listen to it that's shut up crazy <laughs> not even two people damn love it or hate it you can't deny the ripples and the effect that this song you know had when it dropped the fucking Absolutely. power but in my opinion this is travis's most strong and overwhelmingly positive in my opinion uh, his What do you got to say? So I remember when, when the Super Bowl happened, when this album started so big. Mm-hmm. I, no, I don't remember if the Super Bowl happened before this album dropped or was like immediately after this no, album dropped. No, it was after. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, talking about the 2021. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what I'm talking about. Uh, so yeah, so the Super Bowl was happening, right? Or not. And then, I think so. But whatever, the point is, the Super Bowl, they went to the halftime show, and then the Super Bowl started, 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 started happening, and everyone was getting really hyped. They, was, they were live streaming it. And then the beginning of Sycamore starts playing, and Drake... Drake's stupid zesty ass starts talking and the collective screams of everyone watching the fucking Super Bowl. Oh my god. I don't even remember who won. It was, it was, it was, 20, it was the 2019 Super Bowl. It was 2019, so the year after. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I so everyone everyone was like, yo, it's fun, bro. They finally did it. No, but and then blong, blong, <laughs> what the fuck? And then everyone and Drake and they're like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Everyone's going crazy. <laughs> I, I was watching Super Bowl. I remember I was sitting in the living room watching the fucking Super Bowl and I was so hyped because I was SpongeBob. And then I hit you with Drake, and I'm so I was you're, so you're mad. Mi- you're missing the meteor that came in the bucket. <laughs> the meteor that came into like Pro Hunter or whatever. It was it had dude, it still had me it had me tight. I have so I was mauling. I don't even remember who won. I think it was a Ravens or some shit. I don't even fucking know. Uh-huh. Yeah. But with all that context out of the way, the song itself. I actually do really like the song. I think it's a great song. It's obviously the 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 first experience, first big experience is harrowing. It was like a nightmare. It was jump scares. It fucked me up. But regardless, 
with all the features on the song, Sway Lee's on the song, Drake is on the song. There's there's one other person. There's the samples from Uncle Luke, The Notorious V.I.G. and Big Hawk. That's right. Uh, Biggie, is actually featured on that's this. Right. Biggie is sampled on this one. But the the biggest ones are Drake, Sway Lee, and and Mr. Travi himself. Yep. Mr. Jack. But right, they're all fantastic features. Everyone really, the, the big the biggest one is Drake because Drake like he chewed the song and spit it out. It was fantastic. I love it. I love pretty much everything about the song. But it, it's just a song that gets you so hyped for no reason. It's such good. It's so good in that production aspect that the beats and all like the, the the trap drums used in this are so good. They're so well done. And then the lyrics are obviously just they they they, they get your blood their blood they get your blood pumping. I did have you agitated. Thirteen hmm? hours to land. Thirteen hours to land. Coming out like a light. Out like a light. Amen. Amen. Bro, these okay. the transitions. The transitions were fire. There's a there's a line at the start of of the of the track. I believe it's Drake that starts off at the very start of the yeah. track. Hmm. He there's a line where he goes. Um, there's there's a pick and roll line in the lyrics. As soon as he finishes that shit, whoosh, straight to Travi. The transitions, like they literally pass that as if like it was a basketball pick and roll scenario where they. Pass- like LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, the, the, the alley to the slam dunk. Do not know the, the, and then they run it back. They run the transitions again on the latter half. This this track is phenomenal. Like, there's a reason it went diamond. There's a reason, and this is why. This is the track that went diamond, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, with with the record breaking three uh, beat switches, <laughs> you have the first one with Drake. Uh, a bit undercooked. Because I really wanted more, you know, I, w- I wanted more from that initial Drake verse, but it kind of builds up to his later, to his later verse, the third beat, the third beat switch, where it kind of shines more, and Travis takes more of a backseat, but it's more of a back and forth of a duo thing. And what? This is some cap right That's here. That's not cap. I'm just saying. Nah, it's not even bro- no, bro. I'm just saying. I really hope you're zipping up his pants when you're done glazing Drake right now, bro. Bro, are you, are you bro. Are you, you gonna tell me that you didn't, Aside you didn't from, fuck with the first no, beat switch? I'm not saying I didn't fuck with him. I'm just saying I would have loved to hear more. Of course you would. I, 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 <laughs> shut up. Yeah, absolutely show up. The second, the, the, I'm, like I said earlier, uh, Travis has his most strongest performance here with just this absolute vicious and murderous energy on the second verse, or on his verse, the first verse. Uh, where he sort of debuts and just kind of just pops into the track. I mm. love it. I love it. This is probably on contention for one of my favorite songs on the entire album. But uh, I think with Noah, I, we just can't give this cre- uh, this track credit enough. Thanks. Let's just move on. Let's move on. All right. Our next track is in tribute to late DJ Screw. We're talking about Rip Screw. Features and also has some addition from DJ Screw. With the second the the second appearance of Sway Lee on this album, and I don't believe it's his last either. No, I think he's on maybe like another two tracks, maybe yeah. one or more, or oh, one or two, something like that. I like Sway Lee, but, not that much, huh? I like Sway Lee, but not that much. Damn, bro, <laughs> give him a chance. Nah, I like Sway Lee, but no, damn. yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, his his features work, like his his yeah. vocal range works on a lot of tracks. But That's anyways, good. Rip's Grew is just supposed to be a, a tribute to another. A uh, Houston artist who passed away, uh, DJ Screw, and for anyone who has heard this song, you will notice that it has a very slow, slow pace, more like a melancholic vibe to it. 
um not only is it because it's like it's you know it's it's a it's a memorandum it's supposed to be in memory of this person and usually you don't do hype upbeat tracks for 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 someone's passing uh it's also in reminiscence to how dj screw would produce his music he always preferred slower beats and that's why not only the beat but also travis's uh vocals are also at a more slower slower rhythm than he's actually used to uh so do you have anything to talk about the song with i i And and it's on, not only through the uh, the title that we mentioned earlier, Astroworld. Uh, there's a lot of you know references and tribute to Travis's you know birthplace, uh, that being Texas. A lot of the inspiration that he gains. There's a track coming up that that uh, takes a lot of inspiration from one group in particular. And no, that's Cap. Carousel had the intro from the the, the person speaking in the intro. Uh, was a guy under the name Big Tuck. <laughs> Big Tuck is one of the members of a crew of a Dallas rap group called Dirty South Riders, spelled R-Y-D-A-Z. Riders! Okay. And, which is a, a very prominent rap group and right. inspired a lot of Travis's early work. So you can definitely tell there's a lot of love and care crafted into this album, especially, you know, I think this album is meant to be taken more as a and, and there's obviously fucking 90210. Uh, there's a lot of references he makes in his earlier work to, you know, his, where he came from. But I think this is the album that takes that most head on. Mm. And, I, and I think is, you gain a little bit of appreciation from that in particular. But what, what are your thoughts, Andres? I mean, yeah. So, considering both of them are from, are from Texas, DJ Screw was born in. He wasn't. He wasn't born in Houston or anything. He was born, I believe, it was like Smithsville or something along those lines. That's what called when he was born. And he passed away in 2000 in Houston because that's where he that's where he resided for most of his life with that rap group. I don't no, know. They're, they're not related. Oh, they're not. Yeah, yeah, no. But uh, regardless, he he remained in Houston for most of his life, and that's where he made a lot of his music. So his influence really hit in the Houston area. So I so I imagine that Travis really picked up on that. And that's what really inspired him to make the music the way he does in songs like 90210. So you can really feel that influence. But regardless, I don't feel like there's anything super special about the track. Not in a bad way, but just something that the song isn't really supposed to be anything crazy. It's just supposed to be a, a memorandum for DJ Screw, a very prominent musician of the era. So was kind of anything to add on Yeah, that? no, just talking about more about the instrumental because I did just take it more from a uh, like his influence perspective. Really low key, really laid back. Soily just kind of takes the front half with the vocals, and that that's just sort of, you know, been his trademark. Being a member of uh, Cactus Jack, like I mentioned, uh, Travis's group, uh, he does take a lot of inspirations from Mr. Travis Scott himself, and I think right. works really well, honestly, on this track where you have some sort of levity, some lighter more well in this case more higher pitched vocals in contrast to travis's kind of already dull and you know drowned out vocals but overall i i I didn't really find myself listening too much to this track but i gained a new appreciation from it after after learning that story Mm -hmm. and obviously with the title like r.i.p screw you need to listen to you need to find out what that means but i think with that we can move on we can move on boys okay stop trying to be god weichel facts Cap. Outrageous. Stop trying to be God by Travis Cactus Shock Scott. Stop trying to be wrong. Stop trying to be. Fuck Stop you. Stop <laughs> being a liar. So, 
a stunning composition. Let me just start. A, a stunning composition of artists from vocals from Kid Cudi, uh, James Blake to the very prominent harmonica from Stevie Wonder. This track is just a coalescence of styles and sounds that come very particular to each individual artist. You hear their sort of styles bleed through. Overall, it comes as one of the project's most comprehensive and standout tracks. With Travis's sort of, you know, muggy and auto-tuned vocals, which kind of works well with the flow of this track, with a very stripped down and low-key beat at the beginning. Stevie's harmonica obviously just works wonders and accents the verses. And the chorus just kind of, you know, it flows really well. But where the harmonica shines the most is in that second half where you have the section of vocals from Mr. James Blake. And, and even the, the low humming uh, organs that you hear in the background alongside King Cuddy's just, you know, very low, low-key vocals. You get those angelic set of verses and vocals that, well, not really verses, but kind of bars from James Blake. And it all just erupts in this just astonishing and beautiful crescendo near the end. Honestly, listening it for the first time was a stairway to heaven moment to me. I love this track. This is my favorite track of the entire album. I don't, mm, I'm contradicting myself. This is one of my favorites, but it's up there for, for favorites. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Yeah, so no. on your stairway to heaven, you can't see You got shit. shut down because you, no you can't be God. You have zero taste. <laughs> Dog, you can't tell me you're sitting here and you're liking the harmonica. You disgust me. Lose. Dude, that Lose. harmonica. Uh, uh, ladies, 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 settle down, please. That harmonica is overwhelming. It is sharp. Yeah, you get used to it, but it's 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 not like something that you want to get I'm used so to. Glad I have a reasonable man on my and side. The, the you thing know? is, so at the at the second half, when it's all like, when it's literally a church choir, the harmonica goes really well there. But in the beginning, it isn't that great. It just feels it just feels weird. It just like, look, I love Stevie Wonder. I swear to God, I love Stevie Wonder. Legend, man's an a absolute legend. goat. Man's a legend. But God damn, he could not have picked the worst instrument to pick on the shit. Like he, like come on, man! You couldn't put some piano in this bitch. It's unique. It's distinct. Unique does not mean good. Yeah, it is unique, already. Right? In an album, you know Miles is unique, but that doesn't mean he's fucking great. <laughs> like I think he's, I think he's fucking awesome. But like, look at Michael right now. Wait, 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 okay, believe it. <laughs> Huge, really. Clarification, Miles. You know, the... you know Miles is the guy who made uh the. Don't you, say it. Don't I, say it. No, no, no. I'm not gonna say it. But like, <laughs> like, like go, go on YouTube or TikTok even and look up a song called uh, Payday. Or it even better, Indiana Jones. Oh, God. But you know, Miles. Man, let me say something. I think oh. hard. Dude, that's real music, gentlemen. Man, whatever. Well, <laughs> uh, aside from the from the glaring harmonica, which Salas I hear is loving, uh, the really? lyrics of this track I do I do rock with. It's very much trying to kill people from having a God complex, something that gets prominent once you when you're on, on your rise up to fame and money. And it's something that can that can get people a lot. Like a lot of people, they get up there and they think they can they can run anything that they're on top. And it's a very just it's a good reminder, you know, just humble yourself. You know, you're not really better just because you make, you know, platinum records and and high ranking songs, or maybe you're just a professional athlete that just scores phenomenal. Like doesn't mean anything. You know, you ain't you ain't better than anybody else. And that message sticks through. The beat works great without the harmonica. Sales, I think you're trolling. And I will say it compliments James Blake. It doesn't compliment Kid Cudi or Travis. You know, there, there are times in life where you just have to sit back and um and admit you're wrong, you know? And admit you you have the worst. I know, we're taste. still waiting for your apology, Sales. Mm. <laughs> mm. 
you know, after after today, I, I need to hear it in writing. After today, you know what's gonna happen today? I'm gonna leave no bystanders, no bystanders. Man, I didn't get to say my piece. You did say your piece. Yeah, for like like five minutes, and it took long. You don't miles for most of it. You know I mean? give your piece. Okay. Okay. So real quick, and I'm gonna make this short because Michael, Michael really said it, everything he needed to say, and I kind of agree with him on most of it. But yeah, the harmonica is okay. It's pretty. It's it is. It is. Uh, it works shockingly well with the rest of the instrumentals, but it does feel a little out of place at first when you hear it for the first time. And then at the very beginning, when the singing starts trying to be God, I don't like it at all. Personally, I don't think it's very good. I know what he's trying to go for, but it, just, it doesn't sound good to me. Like I, I know that might not be the point, but I, I don't. It just, it doesn't sound good. I, I feel like there are other songs. For the example, Kanye, because he makes a lot of this. He makes he takes a lot of inspiration from like church choirs and stuff like that. He, like he does it really well on, on an album like Jesus is King or Yay or even Kitsy Ghost for some, to some extent. But I just don't know why Travis did it the way he did. To me, it doesn't sound good. This, it, it, it sounds, I don't know. I don't know. This is like, they need a lozenge in their throat. Like they, they need to clear it up. <coughs> Cough. Because that's awful. But regardless of that, Stevie Wonder did a great job with the harmonica for the most part. And everybody else did a very fantastic job. The beat's great. The, the second half fantastic ethereal levels of music right there that is harrowing uh, yeah I, I don't have too much to say on this track just because again white ones always really put it really put it perfectly but i i just it's not one of my favorites i don't go back to the track very often except for the the bit for that last for the, that that latter half regardless on uh this isn't another song i'll go back to you know the, the being wrong is you know just acceptance is the first step you know you haven't accepted it yet no bias no bystanders <laughs> <laughs> no bystanders. No, no bystanders. No incorrect opinions, except for you two, because you two have objective. This whole show is the premise that there is no objective. It's all opinion based. So what no bystanders <laughs> is is a club banger. But let's just get into it. This whole track just kind of ramps you up and is on your feet most of the time with a set of vocals from Juice World himself. R.I.P. Juice. Uh, and the the whole fuck the club up ad lib that you get from Shaquist that's kind of muted in a bit in the back, but another cactus Jack Signy exactly the and the chorus obviously from Travis and the later verse on the latter half of the album. There isn't really much here in terms of a rap performance. It's more just the flow that's kind of brought into the forefront because you have this just nonstop flow from Travis. And I think overall is this. Weigel was saying this is probably his fastest performance on the whole project. Now, before heading to like a sort of minor beat switch on the last part of the track, heading into the final verse, mm-hmm. I'd say the performance and the energy improves overall and kind of ramps up to that, like, you know, the finish line. But it's kind of short lived, like for all ter- for all concerns, this is a club banger, but that's all that it is. It's just like a short roller coaster ride that you get into, but there's not really a subtext to look for. There's not much to really dive into other than the astounding production, obviously. But I think it's more just like, you know, a roller coaster. <laughs> but uh, Andre, you look like you have something to say. No, sorry. Oh, oh yeah, I do actually. So <clears throat> give it a give it a hundred. Mm-hmm. So this is a rare occurrence of juice uh, using autotune, which is the kind of not off the wall, but it's a once in a blue moon kind of thing. It's usually like with some yeah, no, his his vocals thing. usually come out through raw. Yeah. Absolutely, and it's it is a uh, definitely a different uh, definitely it's definitely different compared to what Juice usually writes because like you look at Juice's 
if you compare Juice and Travis with their vocals, it's two different countries, different worlds, different universes, you know what I mean? So it feels so interesting with how that works. It's really interesting with how that works, especially when you compare it also with Shaq West. Because Shaq West also doesn't use auto turn on this track. Nah. Shaq West. Yeah, he just shows up. He just has this very, like, very prominent, very loud, fuck the club up. Right. And it's because of that of... So, yeah, so that dichotomy, the trichotomy is pretty different. Yeah, that, 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 uh, that triforce, sorry, I'm thinking of the game. Bro. That, that, that triforce of, 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 of vocals with Travis's auto-tune, two sources, also auto-tune, actually, and Jack West in the background just screaming, fuck the club up. It works so well. That, with that combined power, it's like, it's like a fucking Megazord power is. <laughs> Got all the pieces together, and now it works. Now I really, really like it. So I really do like this track a lot. It's definitely as so a club banger. You could put the song, get the whole club bumping, absolutely bouncing off the walls. I'm saying that's true. What, what do you think, bro? This track, I love this track. This track can just go on on my repeat for any anytime I need people to get hyped up. I put it on. Something that I do find interesting though is um part of this track actually flows uh, a, a cyclical pattern um where juice if you look delve into his lyrics and you look into the meaning of them it's usually the after effect of taking drugs and you just end up you're on you're on the come down and you're just fucked up and you're just in there like just taking everything in and then when it gets to fucking Sheck wes he he started off on a banger like right, the, the high kicks in absolutely absolutely and then travis I don't know. I don't know about you and dress, but I actually really yes. I love Travis on this track. Absolutely. I love Travis on this track as well. Travis is absolutely shines through. I feel like again, like his vocals really work this time because he has a partner who's also on auto-tune. And then just check off screaming in the background is hilarious. So it works well this time around. But yeah, Travis really does really just power through with the vocals this time around. I yep. will say this is an exception. No, it's great. But I think that's all we can say about the track, honestly. Sure. So Andre, do you want to say of the next doing <laughs> transitions? Yeah. You don't know the name. I don't remember. You don't remember the don't name. Remember, don't All right, the next track is Skeleton. Skeletons, skeletons. So, Let's Tame Impala, The go. Weekend, Travis Scott, and you have this just. Like all three of them work on bro, the group project. Bro, the witch who's cooking in that car. Put in some 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 lizard working feet, up some new eyes in this one. Something Damn. I can just describe this as a whirlwind of just a variety of artists. But the the, the thing that just kind of just stuck with me is that you know it's fucking Tame and Paula, bro. <laughs> like they they show up. It's they're so underground, bro. Yeah, he shows up. He makes a beat, and he's like, "Yeah, bye." Calling it a day. Yeah, I'm calling it a day. Literally, bro, he just drops clock, one of the best instrumentals. Early. Off the entire project, and he just leaves. And he yeah, just leaves. Yeah. If it wasn't for just the absolutely spectacular and amazing production, trippy instrumental, and just the pair of vocals from the weekend himself, it'd probably be the most forgettable track on the entire album. Yeah. Because <laughs> Travis just unfortunately doesn't bring that much. It plays more like an interlude because there's only one major Travis verse, and even it's by itself, it's pretty bare. It's him talking about you know him getting with a girl, right. and it. It isn't really left. There isn't really much left. The rest of it is just Tame Impala in the weekend, just sort of carrying up the slack, carrying up, you know, yes. the bag yeah. that Travis dropped. And I, I want to listen to this song again for the first time because, you know, it's magic the first time. But when you listen to it on repeat, it kind of loses it, in my opinion. 
<clears throat> but uh but well why what do you think i think that listening to this track travis actually comes off like on first on the first couple of listens i kind of thought it was kanye on this on this song because his his vocals blame. his vocals come off sounding very much like kanye but i think as lackluster and as kanye thing to say too yeah right like the lyrics <laughs> the lyrics were very kanye the flow is very kanye like the way he pronounces things very kanye like it was just very surprising yeah. and then i check and it's like nope it's a lot of kanye just travis not even not even kanye travi and weekend uh i will say i agree with Travis very much this track feels very much like an interlude track mm-hmm. and it sucks because of how well the instrumental is and i kind of what i what i really like is how all of this comes out kind of kind of hollow like like how skeletons are they're hollow andres what do you have what do you have to say to this damn i've had discord over fuck i, I could use the thing soundboard but yeah so uh, interesting note interesting note that it is the instrumental feels like a skeleton hollow mysterious very very spooky they're kind of like an, like an abandoned music park you know what i mean kind of like fucking some goosebumps too you guys remember those books yeah yeah like, um but Regarding that, Pharrell uh, Williams is the one that made this beat as he is. That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. So I think that that's the, that's the thing. It's interesting because Pharrell is one of the, like, we, I feel like it's not really much of an argument to say that. It needs no introduction. Yeah, not only he's an introduction, he's one of the best producers out there at the moment. Maybe not the best, that's connected, but one of, at the very least, top five, easily, of all time, you could even say. That can be said. That can sure. be said. But. This feels like one of his weaker projects. One of his weaker, one of his weaker dives into the production in, in the stew. I just, I don't know. It, it's, it's to me is pretty forgettable. I'm not gonna lie. I liked him, Paul, and I love the weekend, and I really do like Pharrell Williams' uh, uh, beats and his production. But I just don't really care much for this track. I, I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't really like this track. <laughs> it's not, I don't think the track is bad. It's just like compared to some of the other tracks, like hell, the track that comes immediately after this outrageous like the, the, the track that's made after this is crazy so that just gets me the, the, it just makes me forget about this track a lot more I, again I don't mean this track is bad by any means but I just feel that A The weekend isn't used the best and I feel like he's used better later in the album literally the next track Sam Paula cool I like Sam Paula bro just screams into a mic like 20 miles away actually like <laughs> Sam Paula cool but I don't really like that they didn't really stand out much to me and for all I feel like Kind of like a little, a little floppy, a little, a little soggy on this one. Man, not a huge fan. I'm gonna keep it a buck. <laughs> uh, Travis and Tame Impala to to really collab together, and I think it's a serviceable track. I think it's a very decent track, but he's kind of overshadowed. Mm. So why don't you actually talk more about Wake Up? Uh, I'm interested to 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 hear your thoughts on Wake Up. Absolutely. So Wake Up. Wake up, wake, wake up, up, boys! I can I can see your sleep wake It's wake the up. first of the month. Wake up, wake up! Bro, you have no idea it's how much how much fucking my girlfriend's been saying that shit what? all day today. What? Wake up! Yeah, like Sky. Oh, she's been trying to she's been trying to stick the, on that. Because I remember because I'm the cardiologist. I'm, oh the, uh, I'm the cardi enthusiast of the group. Wake up! Uh, wake called me one day or texted me. I don't remember. And he was like, "Yo, uh, my girlfriend has this this uh, cardi lyrics stuck in her head. Can you tell me what song it is?" I'm like, "Okay." And it's like the it's like the first line of Sky. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of, Okay, and then can he, we just talk about this? And then Rock was the same thing for me because I needed a baby keem. I kind of forgot what it was, bro. 
Thank you, Michael. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. But yeah, Keep your thoughts. Once again, we're about to bandy right off the rip. I hate Travis's vocals on this. This is one of the worst vocals I've heard from Travis, at least on this album. It just sucks. It's so bad. It does, it does. Especially when you compare it to The Weeknd. Like, I, I, I do not understand why he uses auto-tune. It sucks. It really sucks. I don't get it. I, I, I do think, genuinely, I swear to God, if you were to... Like isolate his vocals if you if you like try to edit it. Whereas it, hell AI, if you were to make an AI song of Travis Scott without autotune, I swear to God that shit would do better than most of his songs currently. I swear to God, the autotune is so ass. I, I I just can't I can't get it. I love the weekend and I know it sounds like I'm glazing. Like I, like it sounds like I'm meat writing the weekend. But like just hear them both. Listen to the song and hear them both. And you can't tell me that Travis's vocals sound good. Travis, go ahead. So wake up is sort of like this soft reprieve after what is whatever the fuck skeleton is. And I think the acoustic loop at the beginning of that guitar sort of lends itself pretty well with the weekend's vocals, mm-hmm. but is really underwhelming on Travis's section. Yeah, and this whole beat in general just kind of doesn't lend itself to his really drugged up, kind of coked up vocals. And I don't know what he's trying to go for in this track, but it's really energetic. And it's kind of jarring to have Travis on the auto tune right next to the weekend, who's actually good at singing. It's obvious mm-hmm. that he's pushing his range too far. too far in this song. And no, don't get me wrong. There are times where it works. There's an example later on during this album, which is a good, like, you know, a good showcase of, you know, that sort of delivery. But it just comes off as so forced and over-delivered exactly. on and this that's, track. That's mad because he can and sing. Yeah. He can do his vocals normally. So his, his auto-tune just feels like an add-on. Bro, just, DLC, bro, bro think he's the weekend. It's like if you like, installed like 46 Minecraft shaders at once and broke the game. Yeah. Cu- like, I don't, I don't. Coupled with some pretty awkward, offbeat ad-libs. And this track is just kind of held up with paper mache and fucking tape, aka the weekend, and a pretty soft spoken and overall pretty decent instrumental. Yeah. Michael, what do you think? I have some trivia for you. I don't know if you know this. I know. Oh yeah. So trivia. this track, do you guys think this is supposed to be on this album? What do you mean by that? See, this track was actually supposed to debut on The Weeknd's My Dear Melancholy. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, it was supposed to be on that album, but he, uh, ultimately it was... It was terrible. Ultimately, <laughs> it, got, it got cut out and, so and dragged onto Astro World simply because it just didn't fit with the rest of that album. I haven't listened to it, but... Yeah, I can understand, I can understand that. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, it, it would have brought the album down. At least, at, at least Travis is bringing The Weeknd down. The, week, the Weeknd bringing Travis down. Bro was just bringing that title this is the fourth single off of this album mm-hmm. this track what a fun and the lyrics of this track is this is supposed to be some like because at the time the weekend and travi were both dating uh bella hadid and kylie jenner respectively Crazy. um and this is kind of like like they're just talking about like their love life and how they just don't want to wake up from 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 their dreams while the lyrics i find are very explicit um i think it's just they're just they're just in a good spot right now and they just don't want to wake up into like a darker setting let's move on let's move on all right (laughs) i know because i know that when you got your car you decided to add you decided to to, to get some stuff done on that car when you first got it so i know the first thing you did got some of that five percent tint five percent tint let's go uh i'm gonna just rip the just say it off of that there isn't really much 
to talk about, in my opinion. I think 5% Tint comes off as a sort of, I'm going to just be very brutally honest, sort of a filler track. Uh, I already have a review out on our lovely Instagram page for for this and TikTok on this uh, on this track. And I think overall, just to Sparks note it, it's a strong track carried by some very unique and distinct production and an amazing sample, the, the little piano loop at the beginning, but kind of flat in terms of, you know, a performance from Travis. And it's pretty simple in the way that he kind of just checks out on the mic. But I want to hear you two, what, what you two think. Yeah, like so I said, this track is very much like a filler track. I feel like it's very much like a minimalistic, like Travis Scott did this song and you could just, you can get like some some no brain off the screen to be like, yeah, that sounds like Travis. Like it doesn't really excel on anything, but it doesn't, it doesn't really fold on anything. It's just very much like it's a track on the album. You know, it doesn't excel or crash. Andres, what do you think? I agree with both of you. I So my thing is, I don't remember this track at all when it comes to the, the lyrics and anything. Like I don't remember listening to this track. I just know the song because the piano is iconic. It really is. It's one of his more iconic songs. No, 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 no. That's from Cell Therapy. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of his most iconic tracks just because of that. But I feel like disregarding that, I it, it's one of his most iconic tracks because of that piano. But regarding the lyrics and all that, I... I don't really remember this track too much. I don't think it's like bad or anything. It's I, just a little it's, weak stuff. Yeah. Like that part is so memeable. That is kind of true. And the fact that you see it sometimes on like reels and shit. That, that, that is kind of true. Where it's like, I you know, know fucking Peaky Glinders, people putting on suits. You're like, <laughs> we were not the same. <laughs> <laughs> like, if your immediate friend group isn't talking about fucking, <laughs> like, fucking the economy and cryptocurrency. Exactly. Like that type of like those type of videos. NFTs. Yeah, yeah, like that shit. So in your business, do you deal with foreign NFTs? You have to fucking pay taxes for that now. The IRS the, the IRS found out what board ape NFTs are. Huge <laughs> <laughs> dub for the They, they got the beings. intern on their fucking IBM systems. It's like, yeah. Yeah, they sell pictures of apes now. <laughs> they sell pictures of monkeys now. <laughs> Bro, imagine that meeting at the IRS. <laughs> we got to tax monkey paintings. We got to tax these fucking But not regular monkey paintings. No, it's in but a hexagon. But you can't touch them. You can't see them. What the, how the fuck do we tax it? <laughs> We're taxing JPEGs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not on cocaine. We're taxing JPEGs. I swear. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. But yeah, Fabrice and Sin is just... Like the beat is, it was it's so popular on the internet that I feel like it's taken away from the uh, the the notoriety of a song itself. But like, even disregarding that, fucking sickle mode, like, like yeah. But like, the thing is, the difference with that is that sickle mode even stands besides on its that own. stands on its own. Yeah, person doesn't do that. Yeah. I feel no, that's fair. I, I just feel like it's a, a bit of a weaker track. I feel like so the this, this song is like, the song. The album is seventeen tracks, and I feel like it does get a little weaker as we go down. I was going to bring that up, yeah. Like the, Travis's stamina for such a long album doesn't hold up. He does pick it up with some songs later on, but it's it, it's like a cheetah in real life mm-hmm. that they, they run like 70 miles per hour, but it's only for like a second. Like if you look at the actual, like if you look at an actual cheetah, they only run for like a second. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like yeah. Travis is really good at making really good music. Yeah. But I feel like a, an album this length doesn't really work that way. I feel like he, I feel like for, for some of his later albums, he he needed to cut it down to keep up that to keep up the energy. That's right. I feel like he's getting a little tired. I agree with that. Point. I agree with that. 
Uh, that's obvious to say you don't record an album in one fucking sitting, but it's kind of just there in what is starting to sound songs that are kind of just there. Like the songs just kind of sound like they're there. But let's talk about No Children Under 17. NC17. So I'm gonna just rip the bandaid off and steal your fucking term. <laughs> Honestly, this is one of the most underrated projects. Yeah. This is one of the most underrated tracks off the whole album. Right. Uh, Travis sort of tiptoes all over the flow with this really reverb heavy and druggy vocals. And honestly, all that's missing is the, uh, if if young Metro don't trust you, I'm going to shoot you to get that Metro booming because this sounds like a Metro booming beat in my opinion. And honestly, I think, no, it isn't. It isn't, but it does have some of the hallmarks of it, namely the trap drums and beat and sort of the off the wall kind of, you know, kind of slimy murder vibes that he was going for on uh, on savage mode that that i look and we do have 21 savage on the track who ironically enough gives one of his weaker performances on a on a rap track the the complaint that i have is that the mixing on his verse in particular is really awkward and the, the ad-libs are just like, you can tell that they threw those in last minute in post-production. They're just like, okay, we need something to fill in the space. And they got like 21, j- just record something, record you saying 21, 21. <laughs> and then they Part just, gunpoint, no, literally, they, they just kind of threw it in. But overall for Travis, this is on the echelon of his more finer performances with this sort of carefree and floating attitude that kind of complements the beat really, really well. Andre, what do you think? Another low-key fumble back-to-back. Go for it. I'm not a huge fan of this track. So, I think that the problem with this track is, as I said, this is is kind of a weak song for for Travis. Oh, yeah, for Travis. But also for 21. I'm a huge 21 fan. Both of you guys know this. I put Wagon 121. I've always liked 21. But, man, it just sucks. (laughs) This is not it. I don't know what they have my man's doing, bro. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if Travis held him at gunpoint with these ad libs. The reverb they added is not good at all. I don't like it, and it's just his bars aren't there. I I just don't feel like he was in it. Yeah. I don't know why. Like I I, I know this is supposed to be a bit of a slower song, a bit more ominous, but and he's done songs like that before. Yeah. This one isn't it. I don't know. Like I like I I can hear I can, I can like okay. With the general theme of this track, I can hear it on something like a uh, Savage Mode Two, because it kind of has a similar feel, which is why I agree when you say that it kind of feels like a Metro Boomin track. But even if it wasn't Savage Mode Two, this shit would, still, it would not be good. I, 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 I just don't feel like his 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 energy's there. I don't feel like he has he's given his A game. I'm not a huge fan of Travis's part either. I just I just feel like either way they're both weak. They're just not bouncing off each other very so well. So you think it's a forgettable track? Yeah. Okay. More forgettable than five percent cent. Although it's funny on the internet. So. Yeah. But despite that, I think it's just two flops back to back. I know hating on this album a lot. I don't think this album's like awful, but on the latter half, it does get a bit, you know, a bit weak. All right, Michael. What do you think? I do. I agree. I agree with you guys. <laughs> this. <laughs> I had to breathe. <laughs> this is probably one of. 21's weaker performances in his career. I 
I do think like he's yeah, like as you said, he's done he's done songs before with his vocal range, like this very like low muttery kind of vocal range, that, and he does he's done it well. I just I don't know like I think the transition into his verse came off a little little last minute, like it didn't transition smoothly. He gets mm. drowned out by the instrumental before it gets to his vocals. His I think the reverb actually uh, from what you were saying, like it comes off too too deep. And it kind of just prolongs it longer than it has to. I think Travis does a, does an all right job on this track. I don't think it's it's a flop like how Andres was saying, but I do think that this track could have been better than it actually was. And just a quick little nod is Twenty One actually has a line because um, this track is very explicit in nature, and, and he has a line that's pretty reminiscent to Father Stretch My Hands Part One by Kanye. All right, um, the line. Uh, which I don't have it perfectly memorized, but it goes something along the lines of, of t-shirt stains. Like the same way that that line works, and it goes the same minute. And the only reason why it sticks more as, as, as a reference to it is because he does have a line. He name drops Kanye. Right. All right. Travis names name drops a lot of artists on, on this album. Some of his features do too. So it doesn't surprise me that he would shout out Kanye as well. Yeah. NC-17 just kind of comes as this really... You know, I, I, I still think that it's underway, underrated in terms of, you know, purely from the Travis perspective. But you guys are right. 21 does give a pretty lackluster, uh, last, a lackluster performance. But um, that being said, let's move on to Astro Thunder next, next episode. Because, <laughs> ah, uh, yeah, uh, we'll be doing a two-parter episode for Astro World. Yeah, this is a very special episode, not only because it's important for Travis's discography, but also this is a big episode for Sawas. Yeah. yeah. So we want to so, do it justice and not rush through this. So we want to, and it's a pretty long album. It's almost 20 songs. 17 tracks. Close enough. There's some other things that we do want to definitely dive into uh, next week. Absolutely. But overall, great episode, boys. Absolutely. It did great. I'm not going to give ending thoughts because we're not there yet. Done. But Michael, where can they find you? You people can find me at M uh, Michael, sorry, that's the old tag. Michael Arbello on Instagram and on my dead Twitch. Soon to be revitalized. Uh maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully. Pending. Uh twitch.tv slash eternal kiwi. Now Andres. Yeah, the lovelies, the beauties at home can find me on Instagram, Andre underscore P019. You can also find the, the podcast itself on TikTok and Instagram and hopefully YouTube soon enough at the Record Shop Pod or Record Shop Podcast. We, yeah, we have a segment now coming up on the come up for YouTube. So keep an eye on that. Absolutely. Uh, but the lovelies can find me on Instagram at, at Sebasil. That's at Sebas, I-L-L. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and tune in next week for the conclusion of the Astroworld episode. We hope to see you then and stay tuned. We'll Bye. see you next week. Bye. One more. Bye.